I'm Amanda Leitner, and welcome to Rochester Rising, where we amplify the stories of Rochester entrepreneurs. Welcome to episode 231 of the podcast. So thanks so much for spending some of your time with us today to hear stories of entrepreneurs within our community of Rochester, Minnesota. Right now, we're on a break for the summer, so we're taking a pause from sharing new podcasts. However, please don't unsubscribe. Please continue to listen in because we'll be sharing some of the most downloaded and some of your favorite podcasts over the past five years. So we have over 230 podcasts to choose from, which we will be sharing our favorites, your favorites, and the most downloaded podcasts with you over the course of the summer. So even if you've listened into these before, you're still going to learn a lot. I was obviously in these conversations, recording these conversations, editing these conversations, and even listening in to it today, I learned a lot once again, you know, coming at it from a different perspective now. So there's still definitely so much to learn from these conversations and great stories of entrepreneurship and what it's like to be an entrepreneur here in the community. So you found the podcast in some way, but you can find our podcast every week on our website at rochesterrising.org. Our podcasts are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our YouTube channel, so you can check them out, as well as through the weekly Collider newsletter, which is probably one of the best places to connect with our stories and never miss any of them. And you can sign up for the newsletter on our website as well. Rochester Rising is part of the Rochester-based nonprofit Collider that activates, connects, and empowers entrepreneurs here in our community. So you can learn more about Collider on the Collider website, collider.mn. So to keep Rochester Rising going and to keep it as part of our entrepreneurial community here in Rochester, Minnesota, we have started a digital tip jar. If you have gotten any value out of our podcast, out of our articles, learned anything that has helped you and your personal or professional growth, please consider donating to Rochester Rising to keep this storytelling platform going. You can learn more about our tip jar through the link in our show notes. All right, so today I am resharing a very popular podcast from 2019 with Christy Jordy, the former owner of Millhouse Designs, and Emily Watson, the owner of Rochester Women Magazine. So this was from podcast episode 154, which was originally released on November 27th, 2019. And this was part of a series we did in 2019 called From the Edge, which was talking about trends in entrepreneurship. So usually two or three guests came into the podcast studio with a trend in mind that they wanted to talk about. And we just sat down and had a wonderful conversation. They were typically one of our most popular podcasts. And this was a wonderful conversation I have to share with you today with Chrissy and Emily. I very vividly remember having this conversation, even though I did not remember all the nuances in it. And again, learned so much today, listening back into the conversation. It was extremely nostalgic for me to go back to that place and time Uh, recording in our old podcast studio, talking about a lot of things that I have not remembered for a long time, like 
putting out our digital magazine, which we did in October 2019, and apparently registering a domain name for a bakery that I still have yet to launch. So lots of things, and I'm very curious about what that domain name is, and I'm going to have to look into it. But great conversation to share with you today about you know, reality of being an entrepreneur, you know, being vulnerable, and most importantly, being a woman in business. So I'll leave you with our conversation with Emily and Christy. I'm Emily Watkins, and I own Empowered Wellness and Fitness Studio. I am a personal trainer. Um, I've had the business for eight years, and we started off offering group fitness classes, and uh, it has now morphed into just personal training, so I work one-on-one with clients. And then recently, I... um, you know, sort of got into a deal where I'm going to be purchasing Rochester Women Magazine from Jory Johnson, and I'm really excited about Mm. that opportunity. I've been contracting uh, with her to put together the November-December 2019 issue, and now we're starting to work on the January-February 2020 issue, and it's been really exciting. There's a steep learning curve, but I am really excited to see where things go. I have lots of fun ideas and ways to... uh, make sure that lots of women in the area get their stories told. So, Awesome. Excellent. My name is Christy Jordy, and I am the founder and designer at Millhouse Design. Um, so it is an interior design firm, and I help homeowners uncover all of the potential in their home, and I actually work in office spaces as well. That's kind of been something I've been dabbling in unintentionally, but it's awesome. Um, so I work on small-scale projects all the way to large renovations. I also do some marketing consulting um, just because I've been in that field for 17 years. <laughs> it's painful to say that out loud, but 17 years. So um, doing some marketing consulting on the side as well. Cool. So we were here today to talk about you know things we're seeing in the entrepreneurial community, trends. Um, so... Yeah, I think we have some great things to discuss here today, so I'll let uh, you ladies take it from here. All right. (laughs) You go ahead, Christy. (laughs) I'm on deck. Okay. Um, Well, I think it's interesting. Um, Rochester is going through an interesting time, I think, you know, with the tremendous amount of growth and you see so many entrepreneurs right now. Um, And I just see that, you know, that's a national trend too. Like being an entrepreneur is super trendy right now. It's like, you know, you you see all these Instagram feeds and everything and, and, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to be an entrepreneur too. Um, so you see that a lot. And I think it's, it's a a fascinating development. You know, my dad was an entrepreneur, so I grew up with that. I grew up watching what that looked like and, um, living in a home with an entrepreneur. And so I probably saw, you know, the more dirty, gritty side of being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And he went through a lot of different phases, owned a lot of different businesses and some, were modestly successful and then some absolutely failed. So I've never had this like glossy, shiny um, uh, vision of entrepreneurialism. I've always thought, oh, it's a grind. And, you know, it's one of those things where you let your fear talk to you more than your hopes talk to you. And so I I look at that as an interesting time um, just in the world where people are really glamorizing it. Um, But and it's it's an awesome thing, but it's also something where 
um, it's great to see like the Chamber of Commerce and all of these other resources talk about being an entrepreneur, talk about resources, talk about where do you go when you need help. And because it can be a lonely road. Um, you're doing things on your own. You don't have the interaction with somebody all, always day to day. So where are these resources? Um, so I've seen that kind of pop up a little bit more and it's it's an exciting time to see that as well. Um, just so that people can feel like they're not alone and if they actually want to make that decision to jump into that, that it's, that it's something that's doable. Um, but, you know, there's another side of it. It's not as glamorous as it looks on Instagram. You know, yeah. you, you wake up and you grind all day. So, um, but it's, it's a fun grind at least, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. if you have thoughts on that. As well. well, I was just going to say, you're really lucky that you got to see that growing up. Cause I think not a lot of people do. My folks worked pretty standard jobs. Although my dad worked for a guy who started his own company that was actually really successful. So kind of peripherally, I saw that, but I didn't mm-hmm. really see the day-to-day grind, but yeah, it's interesting. You are really lonely. And, um, um, what was the thing that I was going to respond to that you said? I guess just talking about um, making money. <laughs> right. Like you d- you don't just get to say like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and go out and start making money right away. Like you have to hustle mm-hmm. all the time to be figuring out how you're going to get money for what you're doing. Unfortunately, we live mm-hmm. in a world where you you sort of need to have some resources enabled in order to be able to survive. Um I feel like I'm really lucky because I have a husband who works a regular job and and gets benefits um, and a good income. So I sort of have a little more freedom than some people do to go out and try things. And if they fail, it's okay. I can still make sure that my family gets fed and we have a roof over our head. But mm-hmm. um, a lot of people... I think want the lifestyle because it's really fun. You can, you know, work your own hours. Nobody's your boss, but the realities of being able to bring home a paycheck are a little bit scary. So that is to say that I feel like you're kind of lucky to be able to see the harder parts of that so that you were really realistic about it when you mm-hmm. decided to get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is kind of interesting, you know, you, when you do something, as you well know, it's, it brings forth this vulnerability and this fear while being exciting. Right. Um, but you're, you're putting yourself out there. You're not behind the guise of a company anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't get to um, kind of tuck away when something's not maybe going right, well. Right. Um, and, you know, your PTO is no longer your own, you right. know, all of those things. Um, but, you know, there is an amazing part of it, obviously, as well. Um, and, you know, I think about being an entrepreneur of my life. And I think I I am not myself a millennial. Um, I'm a titch or older than a millennial, but I am <laughs> what they call is like whatever the Oregon Trail generation. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, that's me too, I, know that, I guess. Yeah, that was the term. Yes. Yeah, I get that though. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know, isn't it funny? The second you say it, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so for me to watch millennials come onto the scene and Um, I have such an appreciation for millennials and I get that, that I am not like the popular consensus on that, but I think millennials have just changed the course of the discussion 
about what you do for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. that it's more about having a purpose-driven life. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such a beautiful notion um, that we can all learn from, especially us who are a little bit older, um, looking at that and going, yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of what we maybe all think about, you know, and not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. Not, not everyone is, you know, needs to want to do that, actually. I mean, everybody talks about, oh, you've got to follow your passion. You've got to follow your passion. And and I think that is so overused and beaten to death, actually, because I think you can find um, a quest or a purpose in uh, in a company as well, because that's mm-hmm. ultimately Definitely, what it boils down yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so for me to decide like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It's about living a purpose-driven life. And mm-hmm. I would imagine that that's where you've been for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's really cool to do that, to wake up every day and be able to sort of chart my own course. That is really exciting. And it's hard for me to imagine being in a situation where I would have to um, have somebody else create my to-do list. <laughs> yeah. But then again, when you create your own to-do list, it's it's really never-ending, and it and that can feel overwhelming, also. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I hope to see, you know, more tools um, and more coping skills being taught for entrepreneurs, um, and just you know, for people, whether you're an entrepreneur or not coping skills and discipline. I mean, mm-hmm. entrepreneurialism is about discipline. That's very true. Yeah. Just waking up, not letting yourself slip into the, I'm probably going to sit on the couch and watch Netflix today. Yes. <laughs> That's easy to do. I was thinking that when I was driving in, I'm like, man, I really just want to go home right now. Yeah. No. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. But I didn't. I'm here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank You're you. Like, and pretty. Let's get Hallmark on. Like, That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah. I agree with that a lot. And I think, you know, in terms of thinking of, you know, balance and wellness and, you know, it's great to, to work hard and, but it doesn't always equal like money at the end too. (laughs) Like time invested doesn't always mean money. And that's the really hard thing. Like I remember when I first started and one of my friends who has, you know, and there's, you know, not to knock somebody who does the same job for their whole lives. You know, my, I came from, my family all worked in the steel industry. I'm in Western Pennsylvania. They did Hmm. the job from when they were 18 until they shut down the steel plant. Hmm. Um, But yeah, my friend anyway was like, if I had my own business, I just work all the time and make just all this money. I'm like, well, it doesn't even work that. Like, like, (laughs) like I wasn't making any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) It was like, yeah, that was just kind of depressing. (laughs) No, but yeah, you know, thinking about, and I think we're starting to have this conversation about overall wellness and that kind of fits into what you're doing is Mm -hmm, that you do like I talk with a lot of people particularly in like service and like similar to to you Emily because you could book as many like appointments absolutely and and Mm -hmm. yeah you too Christy and but at some point it's like you have to stop Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can't Mm -hmm. can you make more money absolutely Mm -hmm. is that going to make you any happier probably not. (laughs) So it's that balance and starting to have that conversation and starting to talk about, you know, when we're not doing good, when the business is failing or when we're just tired, like Mm -hmm. that's all legitimate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it brings about an interesting topic too, in terms of what you can say yes and no to and having that skill to say no, because saying no is a skill. It is. Practice it. Yes. And 
when people do ask like, oh, hey, can you volunteer for this? And can you do this? And can you do this? And it's like, yeah, I'd love to do <laughs> right. all of that, but I have to make some money to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, that is, I think as an entrepreneur too, and correct me if I'm wrong, what you feel, Emily, when you are an entrepreneur, people look at you like, and they always say, give you the same excuse. Yeah, but you'll get really great exposure. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Just get your name out there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which is, is important. It is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But right. You can't, you can't volunteer your services, which is really right? tricky. Yeah. Really tricky. One yeah. thing that I have trouble with is my use of my, well, you, a couple different things. My schedule, first of all, um, because I'm currently training clients and the ideal time for a lot of clients to train is time when I want to be at home, you know, sure. like mm-hmm. I want, I'd like to work a standard work day from mm-hmm. like eight to five, you know, mm-hmm. but a lot of people need to train after five o'clock. And so it's, it's hard for me to know. It's hard for me to balance. Like I'd like that client. That's part of my income, but I also would like time with my family. That's tricky too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, and then just, you know, your workload and how you, how you figure that out. Um, I was going to talk about the recent publication that you guys put out, the e-magazine, which was so beautiful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I loved the article in there about working um, smarter. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it was working smarter, not longer, or something like that. But that that is a huge thing. And I have this brand new planner that where I'm supposed to write like an intention for the week and then there's space for like 10, 10 things to get done in a week, you know, kind of like, right. 10 priorities, but it's so hard. I find myself writing things on there, like, you know, things that don't really matter. Like I shouldn't write on there, like an idea for an article or something where Mm -hmm. it should be more priorities. So I feel like if I were better at prioritizing and making that really clear list of what I need to get done, I probably would feel a little bit better and like I don't have to work from six in the morning until 10 at night or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really hard thing to do. Like I come in every morning and I fill up a post-it note, like it's super old school. And I had some Mm. of the last podcast we did tell me about some app that's supposed to have like post-its on there, but I'm like, no, this, I don't know, this is working. So unless someone comes and steals my post-it note. Yeah. I love post-its. Yeah. 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 In business. That's right. A Minnesota company. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) support local. But yeah, I end up filling that thing up like every day. And then it's like, yeah, these aren't all like, and some of them don't get done because I just don't because I'm trying to keep more of like a whatever mm-hmm. yeah. nine to I usually like nine to six nine to five thirty something like yeah. that mm-hmm. you know because it's like otherwise it just there's always stuff to do there <laughs> is it's a never-ending list so you have to get really good at looking at that list and saying this is really important mm-hmm. or and or really timely like I, I really have to get this done by the end of the day today or whatever mm-hmm. or it's just not and mm-hmm. it's just not going to get done mm-hmm. yeah I'm a personal development junkie, so I read all of these books, and Ooh. I mean, it's it's like borderline ridiculous and obsessive, <laughs> but um, I heard this amazing thing um, that this entrepreneur talked about, how she wakes up every morning and has a legal pad, so she's mm. old school too, so she has the legal pad, and she just does this massive brain dump for the first oh. five to ten minutes of her day, so that she just gets it all out. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah, and stops perseverating on things, mm. and so she actually has gotten so good at it that there's the main list, and then there's the ancillary list, so on the side mm. is more home life stuff, mm-hmm. so that, mm-hmm. because it's so easy mm-hmm. to combine the two when you're thinking about 
oh gosh, I've got to get that booked and I've got to do that. I've got to make that appointment, that doctor's appointment, yada, yada. And then you can just get tripped up on yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, and it's so easy to just completely go down rabbit holes. Yeah, absolutely. That's what my day. I'm like, holy cow, I'm in a rabbit hole right now. And you just got to dig your way back out and figure out what am I actually supposed to be working on? But this is what I love about being an entrepreneur is that one of the things that, um, although working in office life and corporate life has been great and rewarding, and um, I've, I've personally learned so incredibly much over these last 17 years, what I found could be frustrating in different work environments is that if you needed to get up and clear your head... Mm-hmm. Or you needed to just get yourself in a different space because I feel like we all go through that during the day. When you get up and you walk away in sometimes a work environment, what do you catch yourself doing? You're probably going and complaining about something <laughs> mm. in the office with someone. Yeah. And then you have completely sabotaged yourself for the rest of the day. And what I find myself now, I will catch myself and be like, all right, I'm totally procrastinating or avoiding doing something, I need to get up and I need to walk away. And at least I can go and do something productive now that makes me feel like, okay. Right. A load of laundry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you can get back into headspace that's maybe a little bit more productive or um, self-fulfilling for your day Mm -hmm. rather than destructive. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's just all sorts of tips and tricks and stuff. And I, it's nice to see that there's an avenue for all of that now, um, that people can talk about a little bit more, I think out in the world, like YouTube and the master classes and the Ted talks and all of that kind of stuff. There's so many awesome, like mentors essentially that you can go to and thank goodness. You should compile a list for us. Yes, (laughs) Yes, I have my go-tos. I don't know if anybody's like a Brene Brown fan. I have not read anything. You know, I haven't either. I always feel really bad saying that. I know, me too. I know. It's on my list. Shame. I have 12 pages of Goodreads. And it's going to take like a decade to get through them. Like it's just not happening. I'm I'm an Audible junkie, so I don't have time to sit down and read. So I listen to Audible books. Like if you see me with with headphones and I'm listening to some... Um, personal progress, something or other. <laughs> so that's an interesting thing that you bring up. So I love to read, and I love to read fiction, and I love to watch Netflix, mm, <laughs> like terrible too. shows or whatever, love, you know. Yeah. I um, <laughs> but and I love the idea of reading self help help mm-hmm. books or listening to blog or listening to podcasts and things like that. But I have this thing in my mind where I feel like I am not being productive when I do that stuff. Mm-hmm. How can I get that out of my head? I, the things that I have listened to, and this is obviously just one person's opinion, the books I've listened to, the podcasts, the, um, YouTube videos have been so life-changing for me that I, I can honestly say that who I was even a year ago is different than I am today just because of that. Yeah. Because you, I, again, as as an entre- is anybody, not even an entrepreneur, just anybody in general in life, we go through and we F ourselves over on a regular basis yeah. with our own brain. And we tell ourselves that we're not good enough. We say horrible things to ourselves. We say things we'd never say out loud. 
over and over and over again. And it just crushes our creativity. Mm -hmm. It crushes our spirit. And we slap on the smile and we tell everybody how great we're doing. We tell everybody how amazing life is because we live in this Instagram world where everything has to look perfect. And yet we're like dying on the inside. Mm -hmm. And and although there's different levels of what that death may be on the inside, it is, for me, I can say that listening and finding some of the resources I've found has automatic, it has changed the, the dynamic in my own brain. It's changed, um, how I view challenges. It's changed how I speak to myself. Mm -hmm. It changed, it's changed everything. So I feel like I am a way more effective human being, partner, mom, worker, all of that has changed. Um, and it's also changed what I'm willing to, um, accept in my life. And some of that's come with age. I think the second that I turned 40, I was like, yay, nay, yay, <laughs> yes, nay. Yes, the things that I was okay with. Yeah. Um, but I would also say that listening to a lot of like the quote unquote self-help or whatever it is, like there's so many people that are just way smarter than me that have a ton of things to yeah. teach yeah. me yeah. and I want to learn it all. Yeah. Um, and that, but I'm also a naturally very curious person, but I mm-hmm. would highly suggest Brene Brown, Mel Robbins is another great resource. Um, I've read some books that have literally just had me on my knees bawling mm. and broke open pieces of myself that I didn't even realize were closed off. So mm. that's interesting. Been, yeah, that's that kind been. of makes me think of um, a. <laughs> You know, when you when you have an employer, usually you have a review, like an annual review, where you're kind of told, like, you know, you're doing this well, you're not doing that well. And usually, I think people are um, asked to do sort of a self evaluation. But I feel like, you know, as an entrepreneur, you don't get that. But I think what I'm hearing you say is that when you're reading those things, you are sort of evaluating yourself, 100%. you know, sort of based on what the book is suggesting that you look at the characteristics or your work habits or whatever. So that's, that's an interesting. Yeah. And it doesn't have someone's tainted lens on it Mm -hmm. Um, because what I think happens in work environments is that we all know there's a lot of managers that shouldn't be managers. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who get in leadership positions that we all slap our forehead and go, how did that happen? Mm -hmm. And not to say that, I mean, there's some amazing managers. I've had some amazing people throughout my career lead me and guide me and be mentors for me. But there's also those people that are so caught up in their own stuff that they can't see clearly to help guide you in your own thing. And so I think um, even for people who who work in an organization, um, you know, what if you have a bad review? What, mm-hmm. do, you know, do you, are you internalizing that? Are you right. making that, you know, your narrative now um, that you're not good enough? And I think that's the biggest fear, was the biggest fear, at least for me, and still is, if I'm being honest, like on a day-to-day basis, I tell, I have that narrative in my head that's like, who do you think you are? Like, yeah, do you think absolutely. You're I think we all do. Yeah, <laughs> right. Every yeah. day, pretty much. Right. And that's, and I think that plays into so much of the mental health game mm-hmm. yeah. um, that we beat ourselves up so much. Right. Like, it's just... 
And I think it's even with your personal training, you know, there's so much of that, like your physical health ties into your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. So I can't even imagine how revolutionary that's been for some people. Yeah, definitely. That's (laughs) that's cool to see that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe that'll be a nice transition point. So you're talking about Instagram and and marketing. Um, If you wanted to talk about some marketing trends that you're seeing. Um, Boy, that's a really good question. (laughs) I don't ever consider myself on top of any trends. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) Definitely not at all. (laughs) Um, You know, I I do feel like you know, and this is, I'm sure everybody who's listening is going to be like, she has no idea what she's talking about, which is true. But, um, I feel like Instagram seems to be a really big place to do things now. That's one thing that I'd like to do more of for both of the businesses now. Um, uh, pictures seem to be a, a great thing. Pictures and videos, people, people love that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I have, I have a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old, and so they obviously do all kinds of things on social media. They do Snapchat. Mm-hmm. I don't do Snapchat. Is that a thing that you could do for I your business? I don't even know how. Like, I, I was, know. like, I'm a little bit too old for Snap. Like, it's yeah. all about the community that's on there because, like, no one, none of my friends were on, yeah. on it. Oh, really? So, yeah. like... I got no value yeah. out of it. Huh, but that's interesting. Yeah. How long ago did you try it, just out of curiosity? Um, oh, it's probably been two years since it's been on my phone because I sure. never put it on this phone. So it must sure. have been at least two years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I just didn't have any, like none of my friends were on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do like the Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. I've seen more of that, even with maybe more on like a personal level, mm-hmm. but like, because no one wants things out there. I think maybe we're getting a little bit smarter about people not wanting things out there forever, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is why the Instagram stories, even though it's still there. Yeah. But um, I've been getting noticing a lot too with marketing and like the, I forget what they're called, like the follow on ads or how the ads follow you everywhere. Once you're like on if, Facebook, if you click on it, yeah. it started to really borderline creep me out a little bit. Yeah. Oh, if you yeah. do the back end of it, you get really creeped out. Yeah, yeah. and the person who sat across <laughs> me used to be an expert. But just as a random example, like I don't have kids. I saw in my Facebook feed one of my friends who's in San Francisco now posted about a, um, it wasn't disposable. It was like a, a I don't want to say it was a bamboo diaper, but maybe it was. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I want to read more about it. Clicked on it. Now I'm getting this diaper ad following me around everywhere. I'm like, where are you pulling this from? I have no kids. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. it pretty much knows a lot about you. So I'm just like shocked that that maybe because it's so off that mm-hmm. I keep seeing it, like, following me everywhere. Yeah. Like, right, you would really notice Not that. only, yeah, in the Facebook feed, but, mm-hmm. like, in, like just random web pages that I'm so that kind of creeps me out a little bit and we've Mm -hmm. decided with a lot of things that we're doing not to like boost things or advertise through Facebook and I'm sure Facebook is going to listen to this because they probably Mm -hmm. have all kinds of like (laughs) AI listen but it's it kind of like Facebook Mm -hmm. has the best like follow through to a web page in my opinion but some of the stuff gets really like uh, aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting because now we're in my wheelhouse hardcore because <laughs> mm-hmm. my background yeah. is marketing. So marketing communications anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's been termed as like native advertising. There's a bunch of different terms yeah. for it too. Um, but yeah, it is. I mean, every, 
everything is listening to you at this point in, in life. So, I mean, we all just need to like accept that fact right now. I mean, I gave up and finally got an Alexa, but I was like all big brother worried for a while. And I was like, wait a second. I don't actually care what anybody right? listens to. My not, super bored. My whole like, life is not that nuts. interesting. I know. Yeah. <laughs> they like, oh, for skip, let's go to the next house. Yeah. <laughs> but your phones are listening to you. And I mean, and this has been going on for years. But what's interesting in the world of marketing is, um, I mean, even like from four and a half, five years ago to what it is now is drastically, I don't even know how to say that with enough emphasis. It's drastically different Mm -hmm. than it was before. The things that I was doing as a marketer four or five years ago, wouldn't even dream of doing now. Mm -hmm. Um, because everything is digital, everything Mm -hmm. is on the web, everything is social media. And what's awesome about that um, and what's awesome about Facebook and Instagram is the cost to advertise. Mm-hmm. So as a small business, as as any business, but especially as a small business, you can get way more traction and way more bang for your buck now as an advertiser than you could ever do in the past. Yeah. So in the, you know, in the past it was like, um, you know, if it's print advertising, if it's television, radio, whatever it was, the cost factor was such an issue for many companies and you're looking at a minimal reach sometimes. Right. Not all the time, but sometimes. Um, and for the smaller business owner, you just that's just not a reality that you can face at that time. But with Instagram and Facebook, it's just your cost to get in. I mean, you can boost an ad for $20 mm-hmm. and you can increase yeah. your reach. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty amazing. What I'm seeing as the biggest trends in marketing is... Um, is being authentic. Mm-hmm. And again, that's an overused word a lot right now, I think. But um, but again, yay to the millennials that they have sourced out those companies that are not being authentic to their brand or what they say they are. And your brand has to be authentic. If you're mm-hmm. selling one thing and doing another, people will call you out. They will recognize mm-hmm. that. And that dynamic will shift very, very quickly. And I love that. Right. I love that trend. Um, but in addition to being authentic, it's you You see um, more storyteller series and more yeah. um, content. It's all content driven. So you can't just slap an ad out there and expect somebody to jump on board. You mm-hmm. have to tell a story. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, for example, like our podcasting is the fastest growing thing beyond like the articles. Mm-hmm. May videos get better, but I think it's, yeah, because people like to hear, mm-hmm. you you know, they like to hear from people themselves, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, absolutely. not have it distilled through some filter that, mm-hmm. you know, may or may not be accurate. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, so what do you find is like the biggest shift from four years ago to now? Besides digital. Print and like television, yeah. Just you done. Just, yeah, I mean, it's not entirely done. I think that um, publications are getting smarter um, because they see that it's just not going to be the same. People don't have thousands and thousands of dollars um, for ads as much as they used to. Um, but what I see, too, is 
in what I think is ultimately most important for any organization or business is what what is your strategy? Because you do have to have a strategy when you're going after this because it is overwhelming. I think the landscape, and jump in, you can tell me that, be quiet any moment. <laughs> um, you know, because there are so many avenues for advertising and marketing and public relations, and everybody likes to take all of these different things and group them all under marketing. Mm-hmm. That's also overwhelming. Um, so when you're talking about advertising, when you're talking about public relations, when you're talking about um, your brand, when you're talking about culture, everyone likes to just take that and throw that in this big marketing yeah. pot. Yeah. And really, you have to have strategies for each one of those things mm-hmm. because they each mean something different. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So... Speaking of print, I feel like Rochester, though, has a unique market for, like, magazines, like Rochester yeah. Women's Magazine, like they the do, Wagazine. Yeah. Right, um, right. Mm-hmm. There's a ton more that are just, you know, um, well, Rochester Magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it's a unique market or if you are seeing, like, changes that you're having to make in with print or... Yeah, so I don't feel like I've been at it for <laughs> long enough to, to give, <laughs> like, what a really definitive yeah. answer. But I will say that... Uh, I am astounded at the number of people who, when they find out that I'm doing work for the magazine and going to buy it, they say, I love to pick up that magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I pick yeah. it up wherever I go, Absolutely. men Absolutely. and women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I think that's just mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. And I've talked to a couple of people who may not be experts or anything, but who say somehow Rochester is a good market for a print mm-hmm. magazine. And I don't know if it is Rochester or if it is the kind of thing where I think that people still like to pick up a magazine yeah. and flip through yeah, it. I still you know? get all my magazines in paper, and I know yeah. I can move to digital, but I just don't. I it hurts my eyes to be honest. Like I'm looking right. at the damn screen so much that I don't want right. to look at it anymore. Yeah, but I, I mean to be honest, like we put out a digital magazine. We really wanted to do print, but it was yeah. just cost prohibitive. Right. Um, to do like a small, yeah. you know, right. maybe moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, we just didn't plan. Well, I wouldn't say we didn't plan, but um, it just you know it, it was. It wasn't going to work out financially. I love it. I loved your digital magazine. <laughs> well, I thought it was you. great. And I was like, this is what I would like to see for Rochester Women Magazine. I'd like to see yeah, something we'll just like that. Excellent designer yeah. who was a woman. Okay, so. cool. What I, what I loved about Double that is game. that you had a couple of videos that you, so yeah. you were going through and you could click on the video and watch that. I think that yeah. is super cool. You know, obviously it's nothing that you could do with print, but I'd love to see our magazine, you know, pick it up and read read yeah. some content in the physical magazine, but then in e- for each article, be able to go online and have something mm-hmm. to interact with online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we talked about that, like if we had done it in print, you know, I think if you're interested enough, you absolutely will say, oh, just, you know, um, put Rochester Women's Magazine into YouTube. I think you would do that. You know, you'd have to be really interested, mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas in ours, you still had to click on it because mm-hmm. we, again, didn't pay for like, okay. you know, the super professional level where it would play in magazines. So you still had to take an extra step, but it was a, it was a a risk and I think it paid off. I mean, it, like you said, I would have loved to done print and maybe that'll be, maybe that'll happen in the spring here because we did think it was a value to Rochester and whether that's again, like a niche or not, I don't know. It seems to work, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, you know, the, the business model that we had, planned out wasn't going to support it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's all, you know, it all comes with progress and time. And what's interesting too, even I'm a, I'm a big fan of the written word. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, the written word is kind of my homeboy, you know, like that's kind of what I go back to, but 
Um, I think that what's interesting even about how marketing is changing and how that landscape is changing is that you can be so much more inventive now than you could, mm-hmm. I think, ever before. Mm-hmm. So you you can have the written word, and then you can also tie that into behind-the-scenes things. Oh, like yeah. All these things mm-hmm. that you could never really execute yeah. mm-hmm. on point um, through the through a written public publication. So I think that's going to be an awesome avenue for you, an yeah. awesome opportunity. I'm sure yeah. you're like so overwhelmed. It's with a little the overwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> it won't be in another to do by the end. By the end of this calendar year, it won't be. I think yeah. so. I think you know, it's already a really well-oiled machine. So yeah. you know, it's been it's, like it's just my. It's been twenty or twenty 30. years. Okay, yeah, I thought it was been twenty or thirty. Because yeah. I did just. Yeah. My husband actually brought one home for me from. I don't remember where he was actually. Okay. It's. I don't it's remember in a lot of places. I think I looked at the distribution list and it's like over 400 places in Rochester, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and like, let's, you know, we're like waiting room capital of the U.S., right? That's right. right. Exactly. That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. That's why we're like a little bit unique and like, it's just, yeah, everyone, everyone gets it. Cause that is when I pick them up a lot of the times when I'm in the dentist or like, you know, in the subway or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think he, it was the one with Sherry on the cover. Yeah. So I think that was, it might've been older. Like well, a it's, months. it's that's our most recent okay, issue so in November, okay. <laughs> December. It just came out. Yeah, yes. Well, and I think that you know, to the benefit of Rochester Women Magazine is that you have a sort of niche market too. You're talking right. about women, obviously, right. yeah. and what what a great. Avenue, you know, mm-hmm. like what a great thing to be doing because yeah. there should be more of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we. I love seeing female-centric publications. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. great because it's, you know, it. It is an interesting dynamic right now. Obviously, like we talk, you hear about fair pay, you hear about all of this stuff, but there are leaps and bounds still yet to be had for yeah, women, absolutely. and. Mm-hmm. The more that we can um, continue to wave that flag, I mm-hmm. think the better it is mm-hmm. for everyone, mm-hmm. men and women, mm-hmm. to kind of normalize this, even though it sh- you'd think it's normal, but it's not even entirely not normal yet, right. you know? Not quite yet. There's yeah. still good old boy clubs. There's mm-hmm. still, oh, you know, all of that that exists <laughs> yeah. hardcore. Yeah, you know? we still very much fill gender roles, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very, very yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and guess yeah. who's going home to do the dishes, you know? Right. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Let's just be real. Yeah, yeah, because when you were talking about podcasts and listening, I'm like, well, I listen to it when I clean and when I cook. So talk about gender roles. Yeah. Right. That's what I do with my free time. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I absolutely. clean and cook, although some of that's like whatever, my hobby, kind yeah. of not cleaning, but, but cooking, yes. <laughs> I like to Hopefully bake. You enjoy so that. baking is my hobby. Yeah. Um, well, that's nice. So, yeah. Well, that's fun. I'm going to fully expect some baked treats next time. I brought some yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, I brought some yesterday, and uh, we did reserve a domain name for me in case I ever wanted to do a bakery. I love that. I don't know. I feel like that's a saturated market. I'm not that great. (laughs) But... So then again, it goes back to what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that you just said that. (laughs) When you think about stuff and you're like, well, God, it's a saturated market. What do I have to bring to the table? Mm -hmm. And... There's only one unique you. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah. say if it if it's you know 
yeah, some extra income and happiness, then what does it matter? Right. <laughs> and you could be on to something amazing and you just don't right. know. Yeah. Right. But and I if, oh, if you, I was just going to say, if you let that voice that's right. say, yeah. oh, it's a saturated market, I'm not even going to try, then you could yeah. be, you know, closing the door on something that could be really amazing. Or even if it's not amazing, it could be something that brings you a lot of joy. Yeah. 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 I think the most, a lot of the conversations I have with people who are thinking about entrepreneurship are just like, basically they hate their job, <laughs> right. you know, and they uh, just yeah. don't find any fulfillment. And anything like, has to be better yeah, than this. Right, right. <laughs> Which yeah. sometimes yeah. is not true. Yeah, so like, that's oh the gosh. biggest thing. It's like, if you, and I think that's the beauty about entrepreneurship, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, if you're unhappy with like what you're doing, then change it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's stopping you. I mm-hmm. get it. If you have financial commitments, totally get that. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, have a family to support and have debt, but there are ways of around it, mm-hmm. you know? There are. And that's a great point to be made because it's so true that a lot of people will jump into entrepreneurship because they're just trying to escape something. Yeah. And the real, so from my perspective, um, growth equals happiness. And I think that's true in a job. And I think that's true when you own your own business. You have to be growing and going somewhere and making progress in order to be happy. Um, And there's all sorts of studies that Harvard has done to kind of support that. But um, when, when you're in a position that you hate, I think I I would just urge people. And again, this is like my like hippie self love (laughs) coming in from all of my um, self help books, but you know, like (laughs) I need to read these. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, then, then find a different quest. Yeah. Find a different quest in your full-time job. Find yeah. a different full-time right. job. Right. Because entrepreneurship, there's nothing easy about that. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that's just going to automatically bring you joy. But it's because all of the Instagram, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. like, that looks amazing. Right. I should do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this too the other day. You know, we're really excited with the foundation and what we're doing. But like in another year or two, I don't know, we might just be, hopefully not, but we might just be doing a lot of management. And that's not, you know, what mm-hmm. <laughs> we mm-hmm. originally wanted to do. So you kind of... Sometimes it depends on what really gives you satisfaction. If it's that ideation and mm. starting something new and going through those challenges, then it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying that's what we want to do, but it's just like, you know, envisioning that there are life cycles in things mm-hmm. and yeah. people fit into them. You that's know? right. Because I think there are some people who like the management yeah. part of it, you know, some who would enjoy who don't to want like risk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people who want it figured out mm-hmm. right? and just are, um, their strength is scaling and growth. That's right. not mine, yeah. you know? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all kinds of different niches for everybody. Yeah, I mean, there's people who like accounting. Yeah, I know. Yes, yes. I hire those people. people. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Thank God for them. Oh not me gosh. either. <laughs> not me. But what I will say is what strikes me about today, and I have to say it before I forget, um, what I love seeing is we have three women in a room all talking about how to be supportive of one another and supportive of a community. And I don't think it was always this way or it was a much smaller demographic of women who would do that. And it does kind of strike me a little bit and actually kind of like borderline makes me emotional because, again, I will give some more credit to the millennials because this is kind of their generation that's spurring this a little Mm -hmm. bit. Women are far more collaborative than they are competitive these days. That's interesting. And it's beautiful, yeah. right? Like it it was not always that way and I mean I even think about like you know 
about 20 years ago working with other females, it just was not always like, hey, how can we support each other? It was like, hey, how can I scratch your eyes out when you're not working? <laughs> you know? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that is really true. Yeah. Yeah. I came from a scientific background and still there, like there aren't that many women at all. And I feel like it's still like that because it's just really hard. Like you have to be really tough. And even like the women I see out there are like really like fighting really hard. And like, I don't think you can show any weakness in that field yet as a woman because you just won't make it. Mm. Like that's my, what I saw. I mean, I'm in science for five years or so, but I can't imagine it's changed too much at this point. Maybe I'm wrong. And, I'm sure someone will let me know. <laughs> and I yeah. think that's, I mean, again, like, tell me what your feelings are. Like, universally, don't you feel like that's how women kind of have to be? Just, like, a little t- bit tougher a little in bit order stronger. to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in some ways, I think we just are, but somehow we've gotten the label that we're not, maybe because mm-hmm. we're able to... I don't know, show emotion and show vulnerability (laughs) a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but you can, you know, it's just, you can be strong and be vulnerable at the same time. And I think that's probably like better, better overall, if Mm -hmm. I can put a label on it, um, to be a little bit vulnerable and, and that's part of what makes you strong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. relatable, Mm -hmm. which is super important, especially if you're a leader, I think. Absolutely. And and I'm looking forward to that being more widely accepted. And I think, you know, in smaller communities, you see that that progression hasn't happened quite as quickly as you do in larger metro areas. Um, So I look forward to seeing that in some of the smaller communities. And Rochester's kind of mid-size or whatnot. So, you you know, you have like the old school mentality Mm -hmm. still you're in pockets here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, to be a female that does have that vulnerable side um, and not to have to be so buttoned up all the time because that's what right. we've been told since childhood right. is that you have to be buttoned up and perfect and say the right mm. thing and have your hair done, have your makeup right and have the right outfit and you have to do, you have to present well and you have to stand there and smile nicely and nod your head when somebody is talking. And man, as a woman who's literally never been like that, <laughs> <laughs> like my entire life I have not been like that. Um, you know, to be, to have that part accepted too that there are women who, are more outspoken and kind of take up some presence in the room. And Mm -hmm. we don't have to be afraid of those women. We don't have to tear them down. We don't have to tell them that they're too much or that, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they need to change how they're, how they're operating. You know, it's not, it'll be nice. I hope I see it in my lifetime where we see more women take the stage like that. Yes. Like we will. Yeah. It's happening now. I think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you're profiling them in your makeup. Yes. Right, right. Putting them front and center. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I'd really like to see more of is um, more diverse faces in um, yeah. Absolutely. in the magazine and you know, just in general talking about business ownership. I'd love to see more um, diverse entrepreneurs be able to come forward and take the spotlight. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I, I 100% that. agree with that. Yeah. And that's the large part of what I'm going to be helping with yeah, <laughs> yeah. the next two years of my life, yeah. which I'm really excited about, you know, especially the women aspect, because, you know, as a whole, you know, I think it's a little bit 
women are facing unique challenges and then we're just talking about women but I think you know women of color um you know especially with black women for example I think they're facing a lot of barrier like significant barriers and they're forming companies faster than anybody else but they're not getting the support so (laughs) you know it's so yeah let's do whatever we can yeah the playing field's not level right so how do we how do we make it better for for everybody yeah um so yeah well we're interesting yeah it's it's there's some fascinating research out there. Yeah. So huh. I'd like to put a call out there from the magazine for for those women, any you know, any women who want to reach out and um, tell your story. That would be really great. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So on that note, we're getting close to the end. So yeah, if you both want to give final thoughts and where people can find you and get in touch with you and your endeavors. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been very interesting. Um, Christy, you have a lot to say and yep. it's awesome <laughs> to hear you. No, no, no. I don't no, mean it. I don't mean it in a bad way at all. <laughs> that could have been taken the wrong way, but please don't. <laughs> I think it's really, I'm sitting here going like, I have nothing to add because it's so great. Um, yeah. So in terms of um, the magazine, uh, the website, I believe is rwmagazine.com. I think that's correct. I think Amanda maybe look looking it up right now. We'll put um, in the show notes. Okay, cool. So. Yeah, we're on Facebook also. Um, we're also on Instagram. I'm trying to get that page um, going, although I'm not very savvy with that. Uh, reach out those ways um, and uh, pick up a magazine. <laughs> what, how many locations did you say? I think I was looking at, yeah, I think it's like 400 that's, some. That's amazing. Yeah. It is rwmagazine.com. rwmagazine.com. <laughs> Thank you. And then, um, you know, we'd love to put it other places too. So if you know of a place where you'd like to see it, let us know <laughs> that one. Yeah, we should bring it here it to Collider. I oh, I bet it, you it's at Blue yeah. But okay. yeah, we don't always... You know, everyone doesn't go down there. So please bring it up. Okay. (laughs) We deliver. Yes, done. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Jenny was on the cover from. Yeah, she, yeah. Right, right. Um, uh, you can find me at millhouse.design. So I'm on oh, one of those new millhouse.design. Nice. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram, so I'm relatively easy to find. It's usually mill underscore house underscore design. Um, so yeah, come and check me out. I feel free to reach out even if you're kind of curious if I can come help you a little bit in your home or your office space I would love to um and no project is too small even if it's like rearranging your furniture and picking out paint colors call me because I live for that stuff I am like a nerd that way but um so yeah and I guess my final if I had a final comment for anybody who is thinking about like how best to decide like what you want to do in life and like overcoming um, like obstacles. The number one thing that has helped me um, over the last couple of years is when I am facing a large decision, I ask myself, does this expand me or contract me? And does this align with my personal values? Mm, That's Um, great. And I think for anybody that's in business, going in business, making business decisions, um, it's a great question to ask when you're when you're faced with something challenging. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, yeah. Good, excellent advice. Yeah. Well, thanks so much to both of you for being here today. Thank I appreciate you. your time Thank and coming you. down. I, love this. I yes. can sit here and talk all day. I know. Down.
So thanks so much to Emily and Christy for having that wonderful conversation with us that we are resharing from November in 2019. So that's a wrap for us at the podcast today. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. It's a huge help to us if you rate the podcast wherever you listen in so that other people can find it. And we hope that you stay tuned this summer as we reshare some of our favorite, your favorite, and some of the most downloaded podcasts over the past five years of storytelling on Rochester Rising.